Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans Bible study every Monday morning and Thursday morning right here in my office. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. We are presently in Romans chapter 7. And if you want to get your Bibles and go ahead and turn there, nothing like a, a, a grand Bible study. All Bible studies are grand if they're Bible studies that are about the truth of Jesus Christ and His righteousness and uh, we're just excited about what the Lord's doing, what He's saying in these last days, and so so excited to be a part of that. This is the weekend we're leaving today to go to Wichita Falls, Texas, to have meetings there. Uh, tonight, my son, Andrew, will be ministering, <clears throat> and tomorrow night, uh, Pastor uh, Clint Bass will be ministering, and then Saturday morning, uh, Pastor Lindsey Bass will be ministering, and then Saturday night, Pastor Tommy Wiedelman will be speaking, and then I'll be speaking Sunday morning, a packed weekend full of the gospel truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. All these uh, uh, speakers, we I will film that, I will record that and publish it later. I'm, it's in a hotel, it's at the Hampton Inn at 4217 Kemp Boulevard there, and Wichita Falls not going to take a chance on their uh, internet that's not strong enough to to make a good recording, but they will all be uploaded to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and you can go there, click on the playlist, and you'll see uh, all sorts of playlists there, but one of them will be Wichita Falls, Texas. That's where they'll be uploaded to. So uh, be in prayer about that and, 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 and just what God's doing there. We're going tomorrow there in Wichita Falls to look at a building. We've been praying for a building. We're praying for a pastor. Uh, so I just pray that you would join us in uh, prayer concerning what the Lord is doing in Wichita Falls, Texas. About four and a half, five hours from here. And uh, we're excited about that. We also send six expositor study Bibles into the prison system every single week, not month. Every week we mail six expositor study Bibles into the prison system and they are requested by inmates. Uh, we have these letters and uh, we, never, we never run out. It's a low pile this time, but uh, we have actually five letters here, but that wrote and another inmate inside this, nine other inmates in this letter. We keep these so when we don't, which it's never happened yet, but when we don't have enough to mail six, we'll pull one of the names from these. But nevertheless, we mail six expositor study Bibles to inmates across the land. I pray that God would stir your heart to be a part of that. It costs a little over $33 a Bible to get that into the hands of one of those inmates. And you can give as easily as on your cell phone. Just uh, You can give by texting at 903-231-5950. Or you can go to the website, which is thecrosswaychurch.com, and hit the donate button. And you will surely be a blessing to an inmate. You'll be a blessing to a people. If you give toward what's going on in Wichita Falls, it takes hundreds of probably going to start being closer to $1,000 a month uh, for what's going on in Wichita Falls when we get a building. Well, you know, when a church just begins, I mean, there's four or five people, uh, you know, that's not going to cover it. So we here at Crossway Church and you there, uh, we're going to have to take care of it till it gets up and running. So I praise God for those who have a heart 
and uh, for, for evangelism, for church planning, real church planning, where the message of the cross is the message, praise God. So, uh, well, praise the Lord. We're here in Romans chapter 7. And before we dig in this morning, let me remind you that uh, if you have the app on your phone, podcast, you can type my name in and all sorts of avenues come up from the gospel that we preach here. And uh, one of those is the Spreaker. You can get the app called Spreaker on your phone and type my name in or my channel, which is for those who have ears to hear. And you will see uh, that everything I do now is recorded uh, on there, audio only. And so if anything happens to the camera, the internet, you will still have that. If something happens in the midstream of a teaching, you know that you can go to the Spreaker app, type my name in or my channel for those who have ears to hear, and you can hear it there in full in its audio form. So praise God. We're excited today. Romans chapter 7, and we're going to begin today in verses four, in verse 14 away from that which we could stay for months. But uh, uh, just tune in. You'll hear this. all these things taught many times over and over again here at Crossway Church and in any church where the preacher has the revelation or might I, might I change that to the illumination of God's Word in its proper context. Hallelujah. So verse 14, Romans chapter 7 says, For we know that the law is spiritual. But I'm carnal, sold under sin. I know he, he, he wants us to notice. Now, when we read the Bible, when we study the Bible, don't just skim through it. Don't just surpass things. Stop and examine things. We're, we're not dumb old animals. We're, we're not we're in animals, really, for those of you who are pet lovers. I don't mean animals are stupid or anything, but I mean humans are different than animals. Let me put it in the right way. We're not animals that we just keep doing something over and over and, and don't know why it's happening. We, as people, can step back and say, why are you doing this? Why do you keep doing this? And especially those of us who are Christians, who have the Spirit of God, who can now evaluate things according to the way of God, which is the Word of God. So when we read the Word of God, we need to stop and talk about it. Stop, think about it. Stop and pray about it. God, help me. Help me to see this. So when Paul says, we know that the law is spiritual, you see the colon there. That means something, something of great importance is about to be said that's tied to that. And, we, and we've talked that many times here at Crossway Church. Watch out for the colon because there's going to come a, a greater in-depth uh, a meaning or something that comes after the colon that's tied to that what is previously said. Watch this. For we know that the law is spiritual, but no matter how spiritual it is, I, on the other hand, am sold, I'm carnal, I'm fleshly, because I've been sold under sin. And that's referring to us back in the Fall, the fall of Adam, we call it, the fall of man. We might as well not say Adam. We might as well say fall of man because all of humanity was in Adam's loins. You know, I know some people say, well, what Adam did in the garden had a, hadn't got a thing to do with me. Yes, it has everything to do with you. You were in him. He's your daddy. 
according to, the, I don't care what color you are. He's your daddy. You don't know what color Adam was. He was red probably, but we don't know that. And he's all the earthly. The Bible says that Eve is the mother of all living. So that means every person that's ever lived, breathed there, been conceived and born by a man came from Adam. So when Adam sinned, when we sinned in the garden, we were sold under sin. We sold ourselves to the devil through disobedience to God. And really that's what disobedience does. You forfeit, you sell like Esau did. You just, you just sold your, your, your rights. Through the wages of sin is death. Listen, child of God, don't, don't throw away, don't, don't throw out that what you've been given. The law, the Bible has said, the law is good, just, and holy in verse 12. So the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, I'm fleshly, I'm, I've been sold under sin. And that happened, as I said, in the Garden of Eden. We sold ourselves to the devil. And we fell into sin, a place called darkness that we became actually. We weren't just in the darkness, we became the darkness. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us that, that we were the darkness. Because it's sin that makes the, the world dark. And we were sinners. We were the sin. Hallelujah. We are no more. Glory to God. Verse, uh, uh, now, now let me read some notes I've got here I want us to talk about. The law is spiritual because it is the word and judgment of God. The law is spiritual because God gave it. That means if God gives it, it's good. God has never given anything that wasn't good, wasn't holy, and wasn't just, wasn't right. Think about that. God's never given anything that wasn't just, right, good, and holy. Never, never has he given anything. So, but talk about when we see the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, sold under sin. We also have to see in this one verse that no matter how good, right, just, and holy the law is, Paul's here saying, I've been sold under sin. I'm fleshly. I'm carnal. I can't keep it. I can't keep Listen, we can't even keep the rules we set up for ourselves. I'll never, remember, I'll never forget growing up as a young boy, hearing people use the Lord's name in vain, and it made me feel so bad. It made me fear and tremble. almost made me sick as a kid to hear someone using God's name in vain. And I said to myself, I will never do that. But do you know what I did? I did that. Everything you've ever told yourself, probably many things. There's some things we've told ourselves we'll never do, and we've not done it, actually carried it out. But you better be careful with that because Jesus said when you lust after something, he considers that you've done it. So we need to be careful with all that. So there's a, even though the law is good, right, holy, and just, we can't keep it. We can't keep it. The law is spiritual because it is the word and the judgment of God. God's word is God's judgment. There's not a difference between God's judgment and God's word. 
You say, well, at the great white throne, that's a different kind of... No, it's still going to be based on God's Word. What they didn't do, what they did with the Word of God. Same for the judgment seat of Christ. What we did as Christians with this glorious gospel we received according to the Word of God. Good and bad in the body that we've done or not done, we're going to be judged according to that. We need to understand that. So Psalms 105, to confirm what I'm saying, and there are many confirmations that God's word is God's judgment, but here's just one of them for you to write down. Remember his marvelous works that he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Every word God has ever spoken is a judgment. But that's the way. If we, we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, we live according to the judgments God has made. If we follow His judgments, we obey His judgments, then we experience the, the blessings of His judgments. If we disobey His judgments, because His judgments are always right, He can never be wrong. If God, and, and God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. If you're following the word of God in your life through your faith in Christ, the living word of God and what he did at Calvary, that's got, you, you can't follow the word of God written down unless you're following the living word through faith in what he did for you at Calvary. But if you are, he, you can't go wrong. God's judgments never fail. God's direction is never wrong. God's way is never wrong. Uh, never. He can't, God is never going to come back and say, you know what, Curtis, I, I should have told you to go left. I told you to go right. No. God never makes a mistake. And if you and I live according to the judgments of God, the word of God, the precepts of God, the statutes of God, we're going to be going in the right direction, but yet... We're carnal, we're fleshly because we were sold under sin. So watch this. Jesus even says in John 6 and 63, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Jesus in the flesh is the living word of God. He is, he is Jesus Christ. Don't ever think that Jesus is not God. Jesus is God the Son. Hallelujah. And he's as much God as the Father. The Holy Spirit is as much God as the Son and the Father. They're all three one. Don't forget that. And Jesus said that the words he speaks to us are spirit and they are life. Spiritual. The Word of God is spiritual. And even though we're spiritual, we're, we're spirit beings who have a soul and live in a flesh body, body, soul, and spirit. But even though that's our case, we've been sold under sin. We've, we, we, we sold our right to the tree of life, the garden uh, that we were given by God to have dominion over the earth. We sold that to disobey another voice, that liar, the devil. So we need to remember that. John 4 and 24, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Think about that. Jesus is God and he is a life-giving spirit. The Bible, listen, the first Adam, the one that was in the garden, 
was fleshly of the earth. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 47. The second Adam, the last Adam, Jesus Christ, wasn't from the earth. The Bible says he is the Lord that came from heaven. And he is a quickening spirit, a life-giving spirit. You can find that in 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 47. Think about those things. Now watch this. We're going to get into now not before he was saved, but after he saved. We're going to get into the experience of every Christian that's ever lived. When we want, listen, we're born again. Every person who's ever born, been born again, their heart's been changed. The way they see things have been changed. They've received a new heart, a new spirit. The Bible says all there is a zeal to serve God, to please God. Now that can easily be walked away, and I don't know about easily, but that can all be walked away from and, and, and daily our conscience be seared away from that place. It can happen. But nevertheless, when you were born again, you had a zeal for God, to please God, to serve God. And when something happened one day and you sinned and you knew it wasn't pleasing to God, if you didn't know and you weren't hearing the message of the cross anymore, but you were hearing somebody tell you, well, when you sin, if you'll do these three things, then you know, then God will deliver you. And listen, the cross is the answer for the way in the kingdom. The cross is the answer for all provision and power in the kingdom. There is no other answer. There's no other object of faith. And all the silliness that's in the church today only causes us to deny God by our works. For, you know, t uh, Titus 1 and 16. We profess we know God, but we can deny Him by our works if it's not the works of the Holy Spirit who only works in truth. All God's works are done in truth. My little 62-page book off if you really want to understand the Bible. If you want confusion removed and clarity of the Scriptures coming in, then Psalms 33, 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right, and all His works are done in truth. And I've, I've shared that with preachers. I've shared that with ministers. I don't know why they won't bring that to the table. I, I believe it's because the narrowness that should be preached of the gospel is so, it, it's more narrow. Jesus said it's so narrow that few are going to be, there will be few that find it. The majority are just going to keep running with what will bring the money in, what will bring the people in. Listen, but I want God to bring the people in. I don't want uh, uh, me not preaching certain things or me having to preach certain things that will appease the flesh to bring people. All God's works are done in truth. We need to remember that. If you're a Bible believer, I said if you're a Bible believer, can I say something today because it's heavy on my heart? There is a great, and has always been, whenever there's a move of God, a true move of God, and I'm not talking about the flaked out things men call a move of God. I'm talking about where hearts are believing unto righteousness again. Faith in Christ and His work at Calvary again. First love, first works, experience 
again. Coming back to the cross, letting everything else go. That constitutes biblically as a move of God. But make no mistake about it, whenever that happens, during that process along the way, there will be many attacks and many attempts of the enemy through the lust of our own flesh to desensitize us. Desensitize us. There are things going on right now that, that we see as preachers of the cross. We see compromise among those who preach this message. We see a desensitizing taking place where we begin to lock arms with ministers who are not preaching this message. We say it's in the name of hopefully they'll get it, but they're not getting it. I'm watching. They're not getting it. And we're not to lock arms. We're to love them and pray for them, but we're not to lock arms with ministers who are not preaching this gospel because God says when you do that, they're going to pull you off. That's already happening by locking arms to begin with. Somebody's hearing that and needs to hear it, and God's dealing with you about it already. And I know a lot of you watch this broadcast, and you don't, you, people, you don't want people to know you watch this broadcast. They come up, you turn it off, you change your Internet website. That's okay. God's going to eventually give you the boldness where you can stand in, in, in before the sons of men with the truth that he's sharing with you. Eventually, you're going to be able to, you're going to either throw it away or you're going to grow in it and you're going to begin to count the cost and say to the Lord that it is worth whatever I lose having what I'm getting, this truth that I'm receiving. So, let's get back to this. Paul says, as a child of God, born again, spirit-filled, he says, for that which I do, I don't understand. For what I do, that but what this in Northeast Texas language here, my friends, because this was Elizabethan English. Paul saying, listen, what I'm doing, I don't understand why I'm doing it, and what I what I'm, I don't want to do, I'm doing it, and what I need to do, I'm not doing it. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. But it ain't happening. I want to live for God, a lost man. That ain't happening. A child of God. Remember, we learned Paul said, I was alive without the law once. There is no alive without the law except in Christ. So he's writing here from his position of being in Christ, saying he was alive once. That commandment, the sin nature revived and I died. We need to remember that. The sin nature revived and I died. So we get down here and we see, for that which I do, for what I died, but what For God, we want to please God, but all of a sudden there's a pull. There's a pull, the lust of our flesh, that carnality, that flesh, that lust. Because listen, we can't blame anybody else. Listen to this. 
we can't really blame the false ministers, although they are to be blamed in the eyes of God for preaching false doctrine, and they will answer to God for that. You can count on that. But when we stand before the Lord, we're not going to be able to point over and say those false ministers. The Lord's going to say, no, you had my spirit. You, you should have not. You had my spirit and my word. Listen. He says in verse 16, if then I do that which I don't want, I repent unto the law that it is good. Now, what does that mean? See, this, if you just read this, you'll read right past this, well, I don't understand that, and you'll just keep reading, and you'll say, okay, I read chapter 7 today. Glory to God. Go to work and tell everybody, I read chapter 7 in Romans today. The question is, did you get what you needed to get out of Romans chapter 7? That's why we have these teachings where we break it down. Watch this. If I then do that which I don't, my will, I'm doing that which I don't want to do. I but it is good. What in the world does that mean? Paul's saying, then I agree the law's doing what it should be doing. It's showing me that which is good, holy, right, and just. It's there. It's spiritual. I can't do it. And, and when I try, I, it gets proved to me I can't do it. I can't. Listen. I know what the law says. I know what the Word of God says. All is God's law, God's precepts, God's judgments, God's statutes. All is God's law. It's not the Ten Commandments, and it's not the rites and rituals. But listen, even the gospel is a command from God. That's why Romans chapter 6, verse 17 says, We obeyed. From the heart, that form of gospel, that form of doctrine. Think about that. We obey. God sees when you believe the gospel that you become obedient to that holy commandment. Second Peter 2, 20 and 21. That holy commandment that brings you into the way of righteousness is the gospel. And when God sees you obey you believing in Christ and what he did for you at Calvary, that's when he determines you're obedient. Think about that. That's good stuff. But Paul doesn't anymore. I'm consenting unto the law that it's good. The law's doing what it was sent to do. You know one of the main things the law was sent by God to man for, for, for it to be able to do is to show us that we're utterly going to destroy ourselves without a Savior because we cannot obey the law. We cannot do the law. We, listen, when God calls... Uh, when God's looking for an obedience to the law, He's not looking for you to get it right one time. He's looking for a perfect obedience without flaw. The Bible says if you've broken one commandment, you're guilty of all of them. Think about that. He's looking for some, he's, he's trying to bring man back to a place that He created us to be and and. The law can't do that for us. Romans 8 and 3 tells us that for what the law could not do in that it was weak where? Through our flesh, our carnality. We can't obey the law. Back to what I said earlier. You swore, you swore you'd never go to this. You swore you'd never do that. But you did it. 
You did it. It's the same as when you and I were born again. God, I love you and I thank you so much for saving me, giving me this new life, abundant life in Christ. I'm going to please you all the days of my life. And then you wake up one day, you find yourself in a place you know you shouldn't be. You don't want to be there. You're doing something you don't want to do. You know you shouldn't be doing it. And the law is there. It's doing what it should do. It's doing what it's supposed to do. It's revealing to you that you need a Savior. And listen, Paul didn't go back to... Paul wasn't somebody that was out there getting drunk and, and living... Paul was a zealous Pharisee, a, a, a Jew of Jews. Hebrew of Hebrews. He had a zeal for God. But it wasn't with right knowledge. It wasn't with right understanding. It wasn't according to the righteousness of God by faith. Think about that. So when Paul talks about the commandment coming, the sin nature reviving and he died, it means he turned back and started thinking he could, he could keep the law. Now he didn't start saying, you know, well I don't need Christ. He knew he believed in Christ and he needed Christ. But at the same time, just like you and I, we can think that if I do these three things and anything other than the cross is law, anything other that I'm trusting in than the work of Christ at Calvary is law. And the sin nature revives and I die, literally die from a place meaning I can no longer bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. He says, I consent, I agree unto the law that it's good. It's doing what it's supposed to be doing. You know, we've talked about it the last couple of sessions, Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. I hope these things are getting in your heart as a, as a concrete, just staying there. That the law was our schoolmaster to point us to a Savior that would justify us by faith, not the law. Notice, the law is spiritual. It's good. It's just. And not just, we're, not, we're, not, we're talking about law. We're not just talking about the Ten Commandments and all the rites and rituals and ceremonies that God gave Israel. We're talking about laws that you might make up. Laws that I make up. Laws that preachers put on the table before the people. If you'll do these three, if you'll fast for 30 days, if you'll do, if you'll do, if you'll do... Now let me, as I, I've got to close, but I want us to understand this. It's not in our doing. It's through our faith in the grace of God, which is what God did in Christ at Calvary. Jesus said by the, the Bible says in Hebrews 2 and 9 that by the grace of God, Jesus tasted death for all men. That's the only avenue of grace initially and daily. Let me say one more thing before I close. The message of the cross is the message, has always been the message, pointing to the Redeemer. At the end of the day, the question is, have we pointed people to Christ? If we didn't point them to the cross, we didn't point them to Christ. You need to know that. The message of the cross is the only message that gives anybody that believes in Christ and His work at Calvary, the message of the cross, the gospel, the truth of God's Word, it's the only message that makes you righteous in Christ. 
The message of the cross is the only message that allows the people of God to hear and believe and to bear forth the fruits of His righteousness. And never try to separate the fruits of God's righteousness from the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When you do, you're going to be in trouble. There's no such thing as the fruit of the Spirit that differs from the fruit of righteousness. They are one and the same. And they only flow through God's grace, which is what Christ did for us at Calvary. That, that river of grace only flows into our hearts daily as we continue to believe unto righteousness. That one avenue of righteousness. There's not two or three or four or five avenues in which righteousness comes. Galatians 2 and 21, it only comes to us not by law, but by grace, and that being through the death of Jesus. Galatians 2 and 21 tells us that in one verse. So I encourage you today, come back to the cross. I encourage you today, if you have come back to the cross, cling to those nail-scarred hands and also be planted in a ministry that's declaring the truth of God's Word in its righteous context. God's Word... You don't have your own interpretation and I don't have mine. The interpretation and the context of God's Word is righteousness. God said it in Proverbs 8 and 8. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. And Romans 1, 16 and 17 tells us that the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. Until next time, remember we love you, we're praying for you and stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ in Him crucified. God bless you richly.